to Mind Matters with Sandy and Kathleen. Hasn't it been a while since we've done this, Sandy? Really? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> Something got in the way. I don't know what it was. What, what was it again? Um, oh, the pandemic. Oh. That's right. I, was, I must have missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it is... Uh, And I think that Kath would say this. We're both rather excited today. And I know Kath's going to drop something on me. So that it's going to be exciting too. It's a mystery topic. It's not a mystery for me. And it's not that the... It is for me. The subject matter is not a mystery for you, but the topic that we're going to discuss is. But first of all, I want to welcome everybody back and say I hope you're surviving the pandemic well. We are, um, despite the fact that it's been a bit... Difficult to manage with clients and um, and everything. Um, still can't see anyone face to face at the moment, um, but we're managing it, aren't we? Yeah, I um, I I miss a three D. <laughs> <laughs> so I miss the three D person that you know. I, I've I I'm pretty sure Kath has been. I've been. Busier, and I busier than I've ever been in my career, and yeah. I've been doing this for a very long time, and it's sustained, and it's you know there's people that are actually doing amazing stuff out of this, yeah, and I am I I feel like um, I'm very humbled to watch that transformation, you know, under stress. Because mm-hmm. what we're seeing is, you know, when marriages break up, well, we're sort of seeing, you know, the world break up with each other. <laughs> so we're, we're under stress and it brings out the, the problems that perhaps are underlying, but then it brings out resilience and imagination and adaptability. And yeah, all of those things. So I am very humbled to say that I have seen some amazing stuff, amazing stuff come out of this in incredibly, incredibly positive ways that may not have ever happened for people because they they were, you know, sort of under the guise of so many other things that I've, I've just, I know it's really sad, but I've, I've just, I've seen some incredible stuff and really positive things. You've seen the silver lining for the cloud. I am a bit of a Pollyanna. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) So would you like to know what today's topic is? Oh, yes, please, Kath. (laughs) So the reason that I did this is to show how down to earth and real Sandy and I both are, because I'm just going to throw a topic at her and we're just going to talk about it for half an hour. And she has no clue what okay, it is. And I might leave. You might leave. No, no, no. I can tell you this is a topic that you love, that a half-hour discussion on this will not be enough and that you will okay. curse me for not breaking it up into parts. But anyway, we're going to do this. So today's topic oh. is, is... It's all right. I was going, is, is this parts? <laughs> no, no, it's not part, no. Well, it can be. Understanding your relationship with food. Okay. You're supposed to look happy at this. This is something that you enjoy. I am. No, it takes me in a lot of different directions. See, I told you. Like a lot of different directions. What did I just say? That, yes, exactly. 
because food is yeah. different things for different people. And this is not about weight loss. This is not about our sitting here going, you should go on a, on a, um, you know, a, not a starvation diet. What's the word I'm looking for? A um, fasting diet or fasting or a high protein or a, this is not about the food that you eat. It's about your or a keto protein. diet or a three yeah. days on three days off. None of that. Okay. No, both Sandy and I have had our battles with weight, which has been born out of <laughs> relationships with food. Correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There we are. So as and we're not coming to you from a place of look at us, we're size eight perfect bikini bikini models with, you know, well, I am. <laughs> no, believe me, nobody wants to see this in a bikini, but I okay. Go from authenticity. So I have actually put on about uh, four to five kilos in this area because I've literally been stationary in this chair working with people. That there goes deflecting blame. That, that's fine. Go on. That's right. It's their, their fault. And it had nothing to do with the amount of sugar overload that I've been doing. <laughs> But um, at one point in my life, I was 110 kilos. That's, and I'm only 5'1". Like I'm a, I'm, there, there was a lot of me. Yes. A lot of me. And um, I know for me, the, the transition is that I was a new mum and I'd stacked on the weight at that point. I was always really fit even throughout that. And... Um, my, my transition into health and a healthier relationship with food came through fear um, because I had gestational diabetes. There was diabetes that ran in the family and I knew that I was at high risk and I didn't want to do that to me first because it always has to be you first. That's right. And I didn't want to be that mum that couldn't do things with their child. So my, and that to shed those number of kilos, it was many you years lost of work. 60 odd kilos, wasn't it? Yeah, 60. Yep. So this is yep. that substantial weight loss. Like we're not talking about. That was half of me. Half of you. And in addition to that, you have not put that, even though you're sitting here saying you've put on four or five kilos, you have not gone back anywhere near that weight gain. Not, not at all. And that's the place that I come from as well. So I'm, I was five foot seven or five foot eight. I think I've shrunk a bit. I'm five foot seven now. I've, I've lost, you know, an inch. But I was a hundred. It's fat on your feet. Yeah, that's it. That's, it's gone. 106.6 kilos. So I'm some 34 kilos under that now. So, and again, that's, we're talking about um, eight, nine, nine years, nine years since I lost that weight and I did that I actually did it with duramine so that was my my thing and apparently when you take duramine yes apparently when you take not all of it not all of it so apparently when you take duramine the thing is they say people balloon back to where they were I didn't I came off at it's at 82 and a half sorry 79 and a half kilos and then settled at 82 and then not long after mm -hmm. that I felt pregnant and I went up to about 94, I think, when I was pregnant. And then I'm now down in the 70s, like way into the 70s. And so I've actually lost more weight. And it was hard. It wasn't easy. I've lost more coming down um, off Duramine than what I was on it. So, um, and again, relationship with food. I look at food 
differently than what I did. I, I focus on how much I eat and why I'm eating it. And so that's what I want to do. Yeah. So, um, and it's, it's interesting how both of us have transitioned into it because I've been, I, it's interesting. I don't have, I don't consciously ever think about food. Like I do, I don't uh, think about my portions. Like I know that you still do a lot of that, whereas I, I don't think about what I eat. I don't think about what's on my plate because I just it is. I suppose from doing a lot of um, self hypnosis and years, like it's been like I've been in that space for a lot longer than you. Yes. So. I, I don't, you know, the fact that, I, and I don't, I don't like the fact that I put on a few kilos, like I very rarely weigh myself. It's just that I'm sort of feeling a bit like, oh, maybe so. I very rarely weigh myself. So the relationship that I have with food is, uh, is food is life. I love food. Love food. Oh, same here. And I'm I love. A big fan of food. Yeah, yeah. Fan of food. Yeah. This, and that's yeah. why I think um, the relationship, sorry to interrupt you, is a lot of people think that that's about not eating as much, whereas we know relationship with food is about how you feel about eating that food because you can have an eating disorder and have a bad relationship with food and be way too underweight. You can see food replacing love. You can use it as a, you know, an emotional um crutch you can use it as a socialization thing there's so many different things that that can encompass in a relationship with food all right let's go from the relationship of food and for many cultures um food is family and it's a way of showing love okay so um and of course, being in the society, we, I mean, we're so lucky in Australia to have such amazing food. We have beautiful, fresh produce. We have amazing food, like Absolutely. just gorgeous food Absolutely. in Australia. And so, you know, growing up as families, especially younger, like when I'm going back, I think that some of those dynamics are starting to change because of social media. But, you know, sitting around um, doing family dinners, um, that was a way of showing love. You know, everyone had put in and you'd do special things and, and birthday parties, weddings, da-da-da. So this is all wrapped up in that. So within that, you know, here's, this is one of the ones that I know that I knew before I had my daughter. So with her, and it's about sugar and what is a special food. And so I was really aware of what is a treat. So with her, I never presented chocolate as a treat. I never presented sweets as a treat and all the rest because she had some really strong reactions to sugar, like really strong. I saw her one Easter and I knew that I had to actually have a talk to her about it. And I and we said and I said, honey, you can have that food whenever you like, because it's not a treat. Look at what it's done to you. And even as a little taper, she sort of took it on board, yeah. like she actually got it. Um, yeah. And you know the things that we go. If you're a good boy, I'm going to give you a chocolate. 
what's that? Yeah. I mean, what is that? That's right. And and I think a lot, like you talk about like portion sizes and how I'm very conscious of, do I need to eat that much? So that's understanding how much your body, like what, what enough is rather than too much mm. and sampling things as well. So I'll give you an example here. So um, for those in Australia that love motorsport, last weekend was Bathurst. And in my household, we watch it, we, we cater the day. So it starts off with bacon and egg muffins for breakfast. And then we do a spread of finger food for lunch. And then there's desserts. We don't eat desserts normally in this house. It might be an ice cream and a cone. Sometimes it's some mango, some tinned mango. My child loves tinned mango. We don't generally eat dessert. So um, we do dessert. I don't know why we've deemed Bathurst as dessert day. So we have dessert and nobody eats dinner because we had that much. So I put photos every year of my catering on, you know, of our big bathers. I, I did actually see one that looked, it, it, I don't know that I could say quite what it looked like because. The jelly. The yeah, I, yeah. I'm just going to say to me, it did not look appetising. <laughs> I didn't think, because I don't eat jelly to start off with, but it was milk jelly. So I was making red and white because we're farewelling Holden. So the only way to make white jelly is to make milk jelly. I don't eat dairy products. So I look at it and go, oh, I couldn't stomach that in a million years. But the boys loved it because they love milk. So it's a, you know, it's, it's horses for courses, but I put up the photos and I've been talking to a friend who I'm certain will listen to this podcast or watch this video who's on a, on a journey to change her relationship with food. As I keep telling her, this is not a diet. This is not why this is your relationship with food. And she, much like you talk about what you were just saying before about how you don't think about food. And that I'm at a different stage. She's at a different stage again. So she can't have, items in the house that will trigger her to overeat whereas I can and I can stop at a couple of something or a small amount of something she's not there yet and I say to her well this is you know I'm nine years or ten, whatever I am eight or nine ten years somewhere along that into this so I said I was like that at the beginning and sometimes there's things that I will go I need to eat more of that I just need it I want it I'm having it um, so I, I put out this spread and I said to her oh, I've overeaten you know, Bathurst day, I've overeaten. And the automatic assumption is that I've eaten everything that was in those photos. But I don't. And that's where my relationship with food comes into it as I look and go, I could have gone along and had all this, but I don't eat breakfast. So I had... um, (gasps) I know, well, we, we were discussing this. So, you know, breakfast is the most important part of the day was developed by breakfast food companies, but that's part of my, I have a histamine intolerance. So there's something for everyone to Google. So I have issues with food. So if I don't eat in the morning, it makes my histamine levels drop a bit further and then I can tolerate food for the rest of the day. So that's part of the reason I do it. But the boys had, like I can show photos of bacon and egg muffins, but that doesn't mean I ate it. But it also doesn't mean that I couldn't cook one for me and eat a quarter of it or eat a half of it. I don't have to eat the whole thing to enjoy it. So this is where mindful eating comes in, which I know, Sandra, this is why I said, I know you'd love this topic, that I can <laughs> mindfully eat. If I can't eat wheat, so it's a bad example, but I can make an egg and bacon muffin sans muffin for me and eat a small amount of it and then duck shove the rest of it off to my partner and enjoy what I've eaten but not overeat it. And same with what yeah, we have because lunch. 
I ate what I felt was right for me and the right amount for me. I didn't go through all of it and I had a very, very small amount of dessert. So it might look like huge amounts, but I've worked on that relationship. I don't need to eat everything that's there. Like Kath and I, I know that Kath and I, you know, obviously spent, you know, time together. And I mean, an average food portion for me in a city is about the size of the palm of my hand. Um, if I overeat, I overeat the palm, like that amount of food in any one sitting. I don't, the, the cons, food consumption is, uh, we, I think, as a society, overeat. Like to see, I, when I go to restaurants and literally without fail, I have an entree because I cannot eat mains. I cannot eat that volume of food. It just floors me. So when I think about what I eat, and I will eat everything because I don't have an intolerance. I find bread a little bit hard. I get like, I've, it's just I get crampy and stuff when so it's more a choice for me with not eating sort of heavy flour-based stuff. But if I wanted a bit of cake, I would have it. But, you know, the journey to where, as you, as, you know, I sort of said, I'm at a different stage and you are too. I know for you, you wouldn't even think about uh, leaving food, you know, because this is that message that we're given mm. at, younger oh my god you know there's people starving duh, duh. the empowerment of actually making choices to yes. leave food is is incredible then it then it starts building also like so you sit back and you go you know because often you hear oh, but i can't leave food on my plate you know why? Because that's where in doctor, and I think that happens with your. And I, I often are at loggerheads with my partner over my seven-year-old's food consumption. That he will say, "Mum, I'm full," and I just say, "That's fine," and he walks away from where what he's eaten. And my partner says, "But he hasn't eaten this, and he hasn't eaten that, and he hasn't eaten this." And I say, "Maybe I'm offering him too much food." So I say that to people that have got. They say, "My child's a fussy eater, and they won't eat this, and they won't eat that." Perhaps you're serving them up too much. And if you're worried about the food wastage, serve up a quarter of what you normally would. It's not going to hurt them to then eat that and might say, I but want also something. also don't make them feel guilty for, leave, for leaving yeah. it. Just, it doesn't. Okay, because this is, that's part of that relationship is to yeah. be able to, you know, often, you know, if we go out, which obviously has not happened for a very long time, but, you know, I sit there and if there's something on the menu that I particularly want, yes. I'll look at my partner and I'll go, I'm going to order that, but he knows that he will get three quarters of it, if not more, because I, I can't eat it all. And I won't. I just can't because it makes me feel not nice. Yeah, and, and being able to, to leave, I mean, some of the meals, you can go to restaurants and you get something that is an entree size and you pay a fortune for it. And other times you can go into a, a pub somewhere and you get this huge meal and pay nothing for it. It's that that relationship is I can eat as much as I need to, as much as I've enjoyed of it without overfilling myself. And a guy I often say to my partner, um, 
I want Charlie, our son, to be able to go and eat. We can all eat a 20-course meal. All of us are capable of eating a 20-course meal. It's how much of each, you would do it, across two hours, um, how much of, a, of each course that we ate. If you ate a teaspoon of each of that, yeah. you would get through it and go, oh, I've enjoyed this, yeah. I've tried it, I've tasted it, I, that was amazing, I wouldn't eat that again. So you're sampling life and having, and you come out of it going, haven't overeaten i've eaten and i feel like i've eaten but i haven't gorged myself on anything and it's being okay with doing that and that's and whether that be for someone that's underweight overweight you know used to it being a cultural or family thing or it's a different experience for them or whatever it is it's about there's a distinction sorry and there's a distinction here that we're talking about also and i, I think that we need to actually make that distinction because we're talking about uh, free will choices here um, and bad relationships. Um, we're not talking eating disorders. That's a whole different area. So I just don't want it. I just wanted to put that out there for people knowing that we're not talking eating disorders here. We're just talking about and the transition. You know, as you said, you've got a friend at the moment that you're working with that you know, has some a shallow dog. Um, yes, Toby, Toby, my psychic assistant is hearing the lawn mowing going on outside. They have not mowed the lawns here until I decide to record a podcast. And then off they oh, go. That's all right. I, I was sitting here and because it, my partner has, because this is my traditional day off, my partners, we were putting up a fence beforehand He's obviously gone, I've got an hour. I'm going to watch rugby and I can hear him yelling in the background. <laughs> but on, that's good. Oh, that's great. But I did see Toby. Oh, I just say, that's not going to top what happened to me. I was in session with a client and my partner walked into the room, thankfully not on camera, absolutely butt naked. <gasps> that's hilarious. To tell me something that was not related to his nakedness, something totally unrelated. He walked in and he just kind of went, Do you know if we've got any more milk in the fridge? You know, and, and I'm like, What are you? And I'm trying to. I'm just are, are you going, I'm in session? I'm going, <laughs> looking at my client and I'm going, Off camera, um, pulling faces. Yeah. And I said, What on earth? Like, you know, I'm with a client. So I don't, yeah, so I think that him yelling at the rugby does not trump my naked jaunt to my partner into, thankfully not on camera, there was no revealing of any nakedness, like naked bodies in my session, you'll be pleased. I'm not dealing with any additional ethical issues, legal, moral or psychological damage issues from my client. I'm very pleased to hear that. I'm not doing well, but, you know, I don't matter. All right, so we'll, we'll digress back to... I like the way we just do a little bit on the side here. But, so we're not talking eating disorders, but when I chose to shed kilos, I had to address food differently again. Yeah. So that was, I knew that that was a change in cadence, a change in relationship, and I knew that it was for the rest of my life. Like I dislike words like diet. Yes. And all this because it, it sends subliminal messages of, um, you know, desert food, you know, eating leaves and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And giving Instead up the of actually. Doesn't it? Like it, it, hey? immediately when people say I'm on a diet, I can't eat that cake. 
I can't eat this cake. I can't eat that chocolate. I can't have dessert. I can't have ice cream because I'm on a diet. Whereas, you know, I say, like I just said, you can have dessert. It's how much of it you have. So you can have what you enjoy, eat what you love. Just don't eat all of it in the whole world yeah. of that relationship. Yeah, but, but if you've got someone like for me, if I'm working with someone that has, you know, obviously gross obesity and both you and I have been there, we know that. It's not, there's no judgment here. Well, speak for yourself. For the, I wasn't grossly obese. <laughs> no, I was. Yeah, I was, yes. In clinical terms, you were. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is that within that for a health rating, because whenever I'm working with people, as I'm sure you do, you come from a health perspective for the rest of your life. Yes. Because to do a six-month, three-month, two-month jaunt to shed kilos, I'm all for it because you need to start shedding kilos to create health. The value. And while you can do it, but that has to be the mindset of that is just the beginning of the relationship change. If I want to shed kilos and do it quickly, this is what I need to do. But when I reintroduce, I need to see my food differently. I can still love my food. I can still sit with my family. I can still enjoy it. But it's how you see it for the rest of your life. And it's a transitional thing a lot it is. of times. It definitely doesn't happen overnight. And, and I think that's why crash diets can be so harmful to people as well on that mental health level that, like I said, you, you see a diet as denial. I'm denying myself these things. So you think if you do it for a short period of time, then you can go back to eating them. Whereas if you looked at it and went, I'm going to view it different. I'm never going to give these things up. I'm just going to give up the volume. So it's going to stay, this is going to be me, but a downsized portion of it. And I've got a client who said this to me, just added, not um, anything to do. She's not, weight loss is not an issue for her in any way. But she was saying that um, both her and her mother eat meals off a side plate. And I thought, I yep. do that. I do that now. I do that. It's something that, you know, because if I if I dish up everybody's meal, because uh, my partner often says to me, you eat so fast. And I'm like, no, I just don't eat as much. Right? So when you've got a quarter of the food and you eat slowly, you still finish a lot faster than somebody that's eating at a normal pace on four times the amount. Guess what? I'm just going to blow you out of the water. I'm the slowest person in the world to eat with, I know. I am just nail. painful. Oh, you know when and you I have, and there's there's the giant tortoises and they're munching their way through a salad? That's lunch with Sandy in the nicest and it's, way. <laughs> in fact, it's true, though, because I'll have only that. But, like, I teach clients about mindful eating. Yes. Like, even to extend experience your food in a different way texturally you know I'll sit back with a client and I'll go do you like almonds or do you like you know I'll find out what they like I love using grapes as an example and I go okay close your eyes and just and we'll go into nice calm space and I go right I just want you to pick up the grape put it in your mouth and then I get them to experience it just really experience the grape and then, you know, ask questions about it. I usually get nods. I'll use little grapes so they can actually speak. I go, all right, now I want you to be really, really quiet. 
And I want you to think about the grape or the almond, whatever it is, in your mouth. And I want you to bite into it once. And then, then I usually talk the person through it. And I'll go have, and usually that process that I'll go through with one grape or one almond or, you know, one piece of apple, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, I like to use mandarins, I know that. Yeah, I like mandarins. Mandarins are really good to spawn piece. Or, and just to start off with feeling it. Like mandarins great because you get the sensory things as well, you know, it's all that sort of stuff. And you slow it down. I go, you know, that, and I'm often at the end, I'll say, you know, it's taken you 20 minutes to eat that grape. And the, and the word back is usually, wow, I've never experienced a grape in that way. And I go, that's good. I said, I don't expect you to take every, and I don't do that. I'm just an incredibly slow eater. I probably talk a lot. But is that within that, you know, especially when you've got complex flavours on your palate yes. and stuff, I go, enjoy it. Just do, I say, even if it's one mouthful of each meal, Stop and I say and go just even if it's the first mouthful, just get it. Think about the texture, the feel, the explosion, where it hits you on the tongue. How delicious that. Yeah, enjoy that. Viewers can do it now. Think about the one thing that you because I I was gonna say before we use language, we go, I've been naughty, I had dessert. Thinking that that's a that's a bad behaviour. First of all, you're attaching a negative connotation to it. You say I shouldn't do it. All right, so we'll go. I've been naughty. I've had dessert. You think about your most favourite dessert, and it's right in front of you, and you get a teaspoon of whatever that is right now, and you just sit there and you savour and imagine in your mind that smell and the taste and the texture and the feel of it, and it's not doing you any harm. You've had one teaspoon of it, and then you can move on to something else. The, the fastest way to failure is denying yourself the things that you love but have told yourself are naughty. Um, and, and the thing is that, as I say, even as, you know, when I was using that example of what is that thing, are you treating yourself with crap? Mm. Why not create help? So instead of having the Toblerone mousse that you think is naughty, Make conscious decisions about loving health. Yeah, it does, and then you don't see denial. But we've had it so ingrained into us that the Toblerone mousse, the 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 camembert cheese, the all these things are bad. Not bad. It's care pack. My mother had had surgery. Mother, mum's had some quite complex surgeries and found herself housebound for long periods of time and pain and so on. And she was really down once. And so I headed off to the supermarket and I brought her a care pack of things she loves to eat. Now, if you had looked in the shopping basket and see, you would have gone, oh, you're punishing her. What are you, what's wrong with this woman? But I got her a mango, a fresh mango, some fresh figs, some licorice, um, ginger beer. Like it, it wasn't anything, it wasn't a great chocolate cake. It wasn't, you know, a family block of chocolate. It wasn't. I mean, there's sugar in all of those, you know, they're various kinds of things. But the look on my mother's face when she opened that bag and saw fresh figs and dates. I love figs. Yeah, oh, my mother and figs. She was just like all of her Christmases had come at once and I brought her some dried ones as well. 
so it's constipation after the analgesics was no longer an issue but um but she enjoyed every bit of that because that's her indulgent thing is these are the th she's eating what she loves not what she thinks is naughty it wasn't a punishment it was more of a i need to lift my spirits i'm going to enjoy what i really love which is a fresh mango cut into yeah and and that's that transition again like so I really think that you do transition. So when you see the Toblerone mousse, instead of seeing it as a treat, instead of seeing it as a, a, a naughtiness, just go, that's a part of what I enjoy. Perhaps if I want to shed kilos more, I might leave that for another time, but it's never out of my regime. But also the attachments of the, you know, the, to, to treat someone with sugar, is that really a treat? So, the, And that sort of transition happens over years often if you really think about it. But as you, and as you rightly say, why not in throughout that transitional time just go, food is food. It, it's what, how I see it. I can actually have my ice cream or my tote or whatever. I can have a piece and enjoy it and then you, you think about you know that addiction sort of thing where you can't stop the god and it's what they've told themselves and that's been overlaid oh we can't leave stuff on the plate gotta eat it gotta eat no. it i mean i'm such a boring person when it comes to beverages so i can't tolerate i used to be a green tea drinker you'd never see me without a cup of green tea in my hand but i found out that that raises your histamine levels and i was having heart palpitations in the night and all sorts of stuff so I drink when people say, like, I've gone, and I don't, it's all mindset. I've gone to medical appointments and they've said, oh, um, um, how much do you normally drink a day? And I'll say, oh, because I think about tepid water. And I'll say, oh, I don't know, probably probably a couple of litres, somewhere between one and a half to two and a half litres. And what else do you drink for the day? And then I start to think about it and I go, okay, the only thing I drink is water. I either drink tepid water, boiled water or sparkling water. So when I'm looking for a refreshing, soft drinky kind of thing, I drink sparkling water and I don't even look or think about soft drinks. And it's, it's that, like, it's, it's effervescent, you know, it's, it's refreshing, it's cold, it's a hot day. I've had one of those. I see that as being a fantastic treat because I normally drink tepid water, so, um, which I love my tepid water. And now I think no, when you're coming, I go, I'll put the jug on. Yeah. I, and it's like literally this is what I do with Kath. She gets here, I'll put the jug on, she's got her own cup, put in hot water, and then I put in cold water so it's the right temperature. I'm looked after. And and uh, Sandy's partner often um, gets into me about the fact that I've left some of my drink that he's lovingly made me. And um, <laughs> It's you know he he does a perfect a perfect cup of non tea tea for me um, <laughs> tea sands the tea I have but uh, but that's and I don't think about the fact that I don't drink people go how do you survive without coffee and I'm like I I, I don't see it as a survival without it it's just I can't I, I've actually gone back to this will be news for you I can have a half strength coffee now so I have wait until you turn up here <laughs> if I'm feeling good. I, I can have a half strength coffee and that's a that's a treat like that's amazing for me um but I don't have it every day and you know I really enjoy it I think oh I look forward to it this is my half strength coffee um and I spend my time with it in the morning and I I you know I virtually 
just praise this oh look at this coffee you know it's great it's because the rest of the time it's just going to be tepid boiled or sparkling water which i also i, I wonder with that kath like when we're talking about because we're talking about you know diets being regimes and and not being able to you know what it evokes in the head you know of you know, I'm going to be eating lettuce leaves for the rest of my life. And you see this negativity about it exactly. and all the rest. And I'm thinking about what you're actually talking about now. And because you've got the histamine problems, you actually have to not have those things because you have such body reactions. Like it's it's not nice to watch you no. when, you know, I can see the discomfort that causes you. So that's an enforced regime because you know if you go outside of that, you suffer. Mm. And interestingly enough, as you are introducing things, you're finding enjoyments in a different way. Very true. Which, and, and while it's been enforced, and it's sort of like I, I know that I'm drawing a long bow, but you'll get it. It's like the enforced thing with the COVID-19. We're having to find different things and that's what you're finding. And it changes relationships, you know, seeing that. And, and you know, it's, it's, and it's also, a very interesting it's, dynamic. It's something we should talk about um, from a mental health perspective on another podcast is about um, food intolerances in general because they are limiting but it's, how, again, how you view it. And people have said to me, oh, you poor thing, you can't eat this. And I'm like, no, you got no idea. Not eating that is the most liberating thing I can do. It is fantastic to know that I can't eat that. But as I've managed to reintroduce things like strawberries, I can't sit down and eat a punnet of strawberries. So I will take one, maybe two on a good day, and I will love those two strawberries. Like they are just, you know, my knights in shining armour. Um, they've turned up to enrich my life and that's my new relationship with food is eating things for health and nutrition and things that I enjoy that I can tolerate but when I do eat them I'm grateful for the fact that I can yeah so. and it and it's like that because I work with a lot of people with IBS and Crohn's and um, you know those that sort of deal with the the mind gut connection, and so you know while my specific area is the mind gut connection, and you know the the research that happens within that, um, I've had to learn a lot about um, tolerances, intolerances, and all the rest, and the differentiation between what potentially is happening on the inside whether it's a physical reaction to a food or is it uh, an emotional. And it's a bit like the chicken in there. That's a whole new session anyway. But within that, when, um, when you're starting, when I've got clients that are starting to reintroduce foods, once we've dealt with the anxiety and the stress, which can take anything from uh, how long is a piece of string? I don't know. And um, when they're reintroducing, I've got one client, she, and she probably will listen to this as well. And I said, it, it, her, she, had, she, her, she just doesn't have anxiety anymore. She's like the world's, she's got an elephant stamp on every part, this girl. But um, she loves mangoes, loves them. But 
she has a physical reaction. So she actually has an intolerance to mangoes. So it will bring on a, a bit of a reaction on the IBS. And I said, doesn't matter how much hypnotherapy we do there, that, that's a physical reaction, your body re responding to something you've ingested. And, um, and she's so far along the track. She's been with me for about eight, 18 months now. I said, my, my, my uh, wish for you is that you could eat a mango over a day and not yeah. have, because she knows she can have a little bit and she won't get a reaction. And, and now when, if she just goes, oh, I just had a half a mango like this because she just can't help herself. And I said, and? And she said, yes, I laugh a lot now, which is great. Well, I had you the know. Doritos garlic bread biscuits. I love the smell of them and because they're full yeah. of food, I can't eat them. But I do I had one this morning, just one. Did and you I, lick it? <laughs> I didn't look it. No, I just ate. And I was like, oh, this tastes so much like garlic bread. And garlic bread something that I've not eaten in, you know, five years, six years. So it's yeah. been a long time, but oh, the biscuits. And so I had one and I just enjoyed it and that's it. So, mm. so that's, that's been a great podcast to come back with. Look, thank you for throwing that on us. I knew I, I told you you'd love it. I just feel like because I, I haven't been in the office, I've not been able to keep you on your toes. So I. Oh, am I a ballerina now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, that's what we should say. After Sandy um, lost all of the weight, she became ballerina. No, um, not quite. No, no. More, more, I was better at karate. Yeah, karate. <laughs> more often. There's, you know, there's balance and movement there. So it's all right. You just had to practice harder when there was more of me. <laughs> that's probably very true too. <laughs> so it was lovely to have you all back on board, and we hope you've loved this topic. Of course, we want to hear from you. Don't forget to go to the Facebook page, Mind Matters with Sandy and Kathleen, and you can listen to this on or you can watch the video. If you're listening to the podcast, you can watch the video on um, YouTube. Could think of the name of that thing. What's that? What's that video? Um, thing YouTube. <laughs> and if you're watching us on YouTube, you can listen to this on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I don't know who else is there. Somebody else. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. You do this so well. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm so polished, such a professional as well. It's, you know, this is what you get. If you come to counselling with us, you get real people. Look, I haven't brushed my hair. So, you know. I, I put makeup on today. It was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a big day. It has been. <laughs> so we'll catch you all next time, I suppose. And until then, have a good think about that relationship that you've got with food. Good, bad. Is it a toxic relationship? And if you haven't heard about the toxic relationships and creating drama, go back and listen to that podcast and then apply it to food. There's your, there's your homework this week. And we will come back to you soon with more exciting topics. Catch you later, guys.